Welcome back to the Grim and Glamorous podcast, and we are your hosts, LBG and Drea. Hey, everyone. So we are back. Uh, took a little bit of a hiatus, um, but we're back. And um, yeah, it's uh, going to be an interesting topic that we're covering today. Oh, yeah. So we've covered a few different things previously. So scary stories, ghosts, aliens conspiracies and so i feel like conspiracies it's something that a lot of people are interested in right now Mm -hmm. yeah i think so it's kind of popular right now yeah there's a lot of different ones but we wanted to kind of take a little bit of a different approach and cover some ones that are less popular some obscure ones some that you may not have heard of maybe some that you have heard of but and taking a different look at them. So we have a few different ones that we're going to cover today. Um, the uh, Coke versus Pepsi or the old Coke it's, it's, versus classic yeah, Coke. Yeah, it's old Coke and new Coke. Okay, so Coca-Cola. And um, that should be interesting. We're going to take a look at the conspiracy that believes the Denver airport, that the Denver airport is... A headquarters for the Illuminati or the New World Order. And uh, I've been to the Denver airport, so I actually kind of think there's something weird about that place. Like, does it... Okay, so you say you've been there. We'll probably get to this in a second. But, like, did you get, like, a vibe or, like, a... Like, a, you're looking around and you're like, oh, okay, I guess this might be true. There's some weird stuff about it, and um, there's a few articles that I found that kind of look at some of those things. Um, Yeah, we'll we'll get into that one. Um, We wanted to take a look also at the conspiracy that the CERN research facility in Switzerland is, um, like, has opened a portal to hell, or has, like created black holes or like could potentially destroy the earth or that it um created an alternate timeline and that explains like why we have the current president that we do that we're living okay. in like an alternate that is universe. weird <laughs> that one's a little bit more that's out kind there, of strange but, um, <laughs> and then finally um there's the conspiracy that so apparently people believe that not only is there a flat earth, but that there's a hollow earth. So this one is different. So there's you have the flat earthers that believe the earth is flat. And then you have people that believe that the earth is hollow and that there's a hole somewhere <laughs> that like will lead to the center of the earth and that there could be some stuff down there. Okay. So there's some interesting ones. Um with different levels of believability, but um, yeah. So I what I did was, for these stories, I looked at some websites, some resources online, and I tried to find credible sources from websites that I've heard of before. Mm-hmm. So, it, and none of them, like, confirm or deny or anything. They just kind of, like, the article's basically looking at them. Yeah. At these conspiracies okay. and, and why people have um, taken to these these stories so um let's um 
let's just get right into it. Um, should we start with the Coke and Pepsi one or the Coca-Cola one? Because I feel like that's like a, that's a, you were the one that found this one. Yeah. I mean, okay. I guess it's it's not a secret that like in the 80s, there was like this, like, you have you ever heard of the Cola Wars? From what I understand, it's just basically... The Cola Wars were, were basically, dominance. yeah, I mean, like, who was better, like, Coke or Pepsi? I mean, I was really, really little, like, in the 80s, so, like, I don't really know much too much about it, but um, it was just always this back and forth between Coke and Pepsi. Even today, like, sometimes, like, during the Super Bowl or every once in a while, like, you'll see an ad with like, you know, a Coke ad or like a Pepsi ad where they're like competing against each other. Like there's that one, I don't know if you've ever seen that one ad where it's, um, I could be getting it vice versa, like, you know, um, mixed up a little bit, but there's like a, it's like a Pepsi guy, like a Pepsi um, delivery person. And like, he's delivering Pepsi and blah, 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 blah. And then like you see him later, like drinking a Coke. Like, which is, like, you can't do that if you work for, for Pepsi. Like, you can't drink Coke and, like, vice versa or whatever. But, um, yeah, I think there's, like, this, like, constant ongoing, like, um, competition between those two companies. Um, uh, basically because, you know, they make the same product. Just, it just tastes different. So, like, um, I think... What? How, okay, so I guess the theory is that like Coca Cola made new Coke to start introducing the fact that they were using corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup, in their drink instead of sugar, and like that's what they were doing. So I think the theory here is that Coke used to make their soda out of sugar and that they made Diet Coke, but like, so they had Coke product and then they had Diet Coke and people were preferring the taste of Diet Coke to regular Coke and also the taste of Pepsi. So what they did was they, apparently they stopped making regular Coke with regular sugar, they switched up the um, recipe and they added high fructose corn syrup. They called it new Coke and they sold it to people. And they wanted people to like start introducing that into their drinks because I think it was cheaper or something. And they wanted to get the um the people to start drinking that over pepsi and over like diet coke and i might be mixing it up a little bit because it is a little bit confusing to me only because i'm like i feel like that coca-cola has probably always had high fructose corn syrup in their drink but that might be wrong i because i know that like in other countries coca-cola is like a different formula like, I can then in Mexico, like, you know that, like, in Mexico, they make it with a real, like, sugar cane. I think also probably in the UK, like, there's a difference in taste. In Europe, yeah. Um, 
in Coke products. So I think in all those other countries, they use regular sugar. And over here in the United States, they use high fructose corn syrup in pretty much like every soda, I believe. Um, yeah, it says, um, so I found this article by, um, it's like a local newspaper for NYU. It's about this history of New Coke versus the classic, the competition with Pepsi. Uh-huh. And so so in 2012, Huffington Post believes that they narrowed down the time when, when Coke switched from um, like organic sweeteners to high fructose corn syrup. Uh-huh. And they say it happened about 30 years ago around the time of this new coke old coke controversy right so there's no definite like exact time when this happened right but that sort of has fed into this conspiracy that you know either it was done intentionally Uh or it was done to to bring people back to coke classic and to beat out pepsi so Uh there it, it's all happening at the same time, which right. is kind of interesting. But, um, yeah, you're right. I think a lot of countries outside of the U.S. Uh-huh. don't really like using high fructose corn syrup. And this was something that I didn't know until maybe a few years ago. Um, I was taking this politics class about – it was like American politics and – we covered just like different corporate industries in America. Yeah. And one of them that's really huge is the corn lobby. And like states in the Midwest, like Nebraska, Iowa, Indiana, Kansas, like they grow a lot of corn. They have a lot of um, like big agro business, Uh like just huge factory farms. And corn is one of them. And so they hold a lot of political power in America and they have been this machine that's been feeding this whole high fructose corn syrup. I mean, it's in a lot of products like Uh ketchup, soda, um, like snacks. And it's in places where you wouldn't think it should be in there. But years ago, like they made this huge push to like, Oh, this is just a product that you can use as a sweetener and it's Uh like cheaper. And, so now that we've like gotten to this point in 2019, you know, the past few years, we've seen this huge shift in um, like healthy foods, organic right. foods. We're shifting away from like preservatives and unhealthy like eating habits. Uh-huh. And we're like we've been pushing for a healthier lifestyle. I mean, like especially here in California, there's just so many like organic like small farms, mm-hmm. you know, organic products, like that's really big now. Mm-hmm. So like that's been this movement recently, but there's still a huge and very powerful corporate lobby for these like big agro businesses in the Midwest. Right. So, and th- that's around the same time, like when Coke is like switching. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of shows you how powerful some of these corporations are like uh-huh. coke and you know big agro are like they work hand in hand to uh-huh. provide these products like soda's not good for you no like there's been a lot of 
studies done on like how corrosive soda can be to like your body and like your health oh yeah can't you like clean like a carburetor with coca-cola yeah or something like like that or videos out there that i mean from a few years ago yeah my point is that it's just these are such huge corporations like coca-cola i i remember um in in grad school a few years ago one of my two of my friends were from um they had gone to school in Atlanta mm-hmm. um, and they they were talking. I remember a conversation they were having about how big Coca-Cola is there because I think their headquarters is, is in, in Atlanta. Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. And how they're just like this huge uh, presence there and like they have a lot of jobs for students. They have internships and like a lot of students like really wanted to work for them. And um, that once you started working there, it's like, oh, I'm a Coke person. Like, I never drink Pepsi. (laughs) And you sort of buy into this rivalry. And I'm not sure where Pepsi is headquartered. But, you know, there there is just sort of this loyalty there. And, like, you declare yourself, oh, I'm a Coke Uh person or I'm a Pepsi person. And um, I just thought that was kind of funny that a corporation like that can have such a big impact. It, um... It kind of reminds me of here in Southern California, like how big an impact Disney has locally. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, it's a huge company in America and you see its impact wherever you go. But here especially, like, and you had that connection there. You have like Disney and they own Marvel, which is, you know, the movie that came out has made $2 billion. And, um, you know, they own Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So like... Yeah, they even own the news, ABC. ABC, yeah. yeah. So, like, they're huge here in, like, close to, we're close to Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just a huge presence. Like, everywhere I go, I see people with, like, Disney shirts and, like, Marvel sweatshirts and Star Wars gear. Um, and I can imagine a similar environment in Atlanta. I've never been to Georgia, mm-hmm. but, you know, I can picture that, like, how big they could be there. Um, so, which is why, like, I'm thinking about that and how, how big advertising is now. It wouldn't surprise me if this was like, there was some credence to this that, you know, they intentionally came out with this bad product and then quickly within three months brought back their classic Coke. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'm reading this article from, from NYU and it says, Three months is a really quick turnaround time to get products off the shelf and get the new pro- like the new old product back out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they say it could also be explained by just like, oh, it, they tried something and it didn't work out, which happens in a lot of businesses. Mm-hmm. So I think there is something to this one. But... I'm not sure how intentional it was. I think, you know, there's that old saying, uh, any publicity is is good good publicity. So even like a fiasco. Oh yeah. That makes your makes people more aware and like talking about your brand. Like, I feel like in this, the time we live in now, especially like, if people are saying good things about you, all the better. But if not, at least 
they're talking about you. At least you. they're talking about you. Yeah. Like, isn't, like, the saying, like, um, if they stop talking about you, that's when you have to worry? Yeah. So, yeah, I I believe that. Yeah, like, like there's no such thing as bad press is the other way of yeah. phrasing that. Like, as long as you're in that conversation, uh, you're in a good place. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, also looking at this article, it says, um, you know, they started beating Pepsi again after this whole thing was settled, which is, I think, is the pretty telling part. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sure if we can draw any conclusions from like this, this theory or this story, but I think what did happen was they capitalized on that moment, you know, oh, like maybe we, maybe we, we tried something, we made a mistake. But now that people want the classic Coke, we're going to we're going to deliver that and we're Mm going to promote that and make sure that, you know, that's there for people. Like, I think they did their best to um, they did their best to steer the narrative back to Coca-Cola. Yeah. And and keep people talking about Mm Coca-Cola. Which is not a sponsor, by the way. No, I think I I just said Coca-Cola like Like 50 times. Oh, my gosh. Um. So, you know, I mean, like, accidents happen and brands take advantage of it. It reminds me of, um, so I I was listening to the radio today, and um, I'm not a Game of Thrones fan. We won't get into that. No, we won't, because, yeah. But there was, I was, on the news, they were saying that there was an, there was a mistake. Did you hear about this? Oh, I saw this, yeah. That they left a coffee cup in one of the scenes, (laughs) and this is supposed to be, like, in a fictional Middle Ages type of a right. thing. Like, there's no coffee in this Game of Thrones Well, universe. there's definitely no Starbucks. Or no or... Starbucks, yeah. And so I th- I just thought that was hilarious that, you know, first of all, it's it's an oversight by, you know, the... The editors. The editing and, yeah. and whatever, and that it actually made it to the air, and there's a coffee cup on the table while they're at... I think that's so funny. But Starbucks, like, has taken advantage of it. They are even saying that it wasn't a Starbucks cup. It was, like... What do you call it? Like the catered food that they have? Yeah. The, like on like the craft services? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, but the sleeve is like brown and the cup is white. So it looks like a so Starbucks cup. So it looks, cup. yeah. Um, I'm amazed that they didn't catch that. But uh, but Starbucks, you know, quickly turned that around. And they, right. they were talking about how much like they would have had to pay for like product placement. It would have been like a million dollars. Oh, my God. And then plus the exposure of how many people saw that episode of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. It's like an insane amount of advertising for Starbucks. Mm-hmm. But um, like there we go. You, you see like a company or a brand that's already popular just like taking advantage of that situation organically. Like they didn't plan it. It just, you know, the moment came and they were like, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're going to put our name on it. Um so, I mean, this is, it's an interesting story about, about Coca-Cola and what was going on. Like, there's some history there that, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have time to get into it. But just, like, these brand wars, I feel mm-hmm. like, um, not just in, like, this, like, beverage industry, but, I mean, how many, how many things can you think of where there's, like, two or three top brands always battling it out? Like, Apple, Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Coke, Coke, Pepsi, 
I feel like um, McDonald's and like every other fast food, McDonald's, yeah, Burger like King, maybe. McDonald's, Burger King. Yeah. They're all like iconic brands that you recognize, but they compete for uh, for loyalty. And, you know, they have people that are fans and, you know, loyal to those companies. You know, oh, uh-huh. I don't eat here. I only eat at this place. Oh, I don't drink that. I drink this. Right. You know, to me... And it goes beyond, I think, like, just personal preference. Like, oh, this tastes good or this tastes better. Like, it's just people are so loyal to brands, mm-hmm. which is um, which is interesting. But I thought this was a cool story. Mm-hmm. Um, any, any, you know, further, you know, final thoughts about this whole thing? Um, I just, I thought it was really cool, though, because, like, but also I thought it was, like, kind of weird and interesting, too, because it's, like, now, do we even really know, like, what the original Coke tastes like? I mean, because I don't think... Okay, this happened, like, in the 80s. And I was born in 84. So, like, I don't even know if, like, the taste of it was any different or not. Like, I would never be able to tell to be able to taste old Coke versus new Coke versus Coke today, like... I mean, has it changed? Is it, like, different from, you know, is the Coke Classic today the same as Coke Classic from, like, the 80s? Like, if, if that still remains true or not, like, um, I don't, I mean, I don't drink a lot of soda. I mean, like, every once in a while, I'll have, like, a Coke Zero, for sure, or, like, a ginger ale. But, like, I feel like I'll never be able to taste, like, to, to, you know, see if there actually was a difference. You know what I mean? Um, but... Um, you know what's interesting that I'm reading here and um, there's another article um, on Vox.com about this whole Pepsi-Coke battle and the new Coke, how it came in. And it says that, um, you know, Coke felt they had to do something drastic they had to go all in because they were losing market share to to pepsi and you had you know the pepsi challenge in 85 where people are doing this taste test and um what's interesting is that when they were doing um what's that called when like a brand is trying something market test Mm -hmm. yeah you know before they roll out a product they want to get reaction from the public and so they have like you know, test groups, focus mm-hmm. groups to kind of like gauge what the public might, uh, how they might respond to a new product. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that the new Coke tested well amongst, um, in these groups. Yes, I read but, that. But that it was only in small amounts. Like yeah. if you drank a lot of it, your people didn't like it. Yeah. But if they had a little bit of it, they thought it tasted they, better. Right, exactly. Which is interesting because... I think that gets to, um, you know, how people consume these products. Like, um, you know, if you go to like a a fast food place, it's like you can get like an extra large 16 ounces of soda. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like if you drink that much soda, you're going to feel sick. Like, I mean, some people can drink a lot of soda. Yeah. Or like uh, at 7-Eleven, I remember uh, one of my one of my friends, one of our neighbors, um, I remember a few years ago, it was like around the 4th of July and 
we went to 7-Eleven and he he like had this like mug huge mug from 7-Eleven I had never seen a cup this big was it the big big one I've seen yeah, it yeah and yeah. I was like where did you get this and he's like oh yeah at 7-Eleven they let you keep the cup if you get a certain size and it's like it I was like this is a huge thing of <laughs> it's soda. like a gallon almost right like I mean yeah. it's huge I've seen it I mean here in California <laughs> I don't know if this is popular elsewhere but you know people carry those water things what are they called flat the hydro flask yeah flasks um this was a bigger than a hydro flask and it was meant for soda it's like a small cooler like or like one of those like uh what are those things called they're very popular coolers thermos it yeah it's like one of it's like a huge huge i want to say it's like at least 80 something ounces yeah it's It's giant but it just made me laugh because i i like was (laughs) And he filled it with soda? Well, I mean, yeah, he's just drinking from the soda all day. And um, and it just made me think, like, about this new Coke uh, controversy. Apparently, this new Coke t- would probably be enjoyable, but if you had, like, a small little glass or maybe, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just going to get a small soda, maybe people would have taken to new Coke, but the backlash was pretty fierce. And I think it says a lot about you know the rivalry um you know they mentioned the pepsi challenge and how that was a huge advertising Mm -hmm. thing just like a blind taste test and you have people you know drinking pepsi or choosing pepsi and um it's just um it's really fascinating oh the part where they say um coke felt they they had to go all in on something because they were losing market share Mm -hmm. um I think you see this in businesses like like big corporations that maybe they're popular for a long time, but the shine is starting to wear off. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, can you be a long term successful company? And you see them have they have to try things that are new and different. And sometimes they take and sometimes they don't. And I think mm-hmm. of like Apple, like how many times has Apple come out with? You know, they had the iPhone and then the the iPad. Now they have Apple streaming music. Like, they've come such a mm-hmm. long way. But some of those things didn't take, like, um, remember, like, Apple TV. I don't know if that's still, like, if it's coming back and they're trying something with that. But it made me think of that where they, like, they tried something and a lot of their products were hits. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, they're going to get one that just is a dud. Right. And that's just um, part of the process of of evolving as a company and um you know i'm firmly in the camp that believes you have to evolve whether and you have to keep moving forward and trying things like even as like individuals Mm -hmm. if you're just stagnant and you don't try something like you're you're not going to move forward and i think that's even truer for companies because somebody else will come along and 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 innovate and try something Mm -hmm. different right so um, I think that just speaks to how high stakes these businesses um, are. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of choices out there for a lot of different products. But if you're not tr- presenting something new that people, you know, want to buy, somebody else will come in and, and they'll they'll take advantage mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. No, I, I believe that. I believe that's that's very true. 
for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's l- let's move on to our next one. Um, hmm. Let's let's do the CERN one. Yeah, let's do that one. Uh, so so CERN. Uh, so people believe that this site for research. Uh, so CERN is the European Organization for Nuclear Research. It's in Switzerland. They do research for particle physics there. So they've come up with some huge discoveries. They um, discovered like the Higgs boson particle, which they call like the God particle. They've discovered like neutrinos, which are like these very, very small neutrally charged particles inside of an atom, which they didn't think there could be anything smaller than that. So that there's been some major discoveries there, but part of their research is like breaking down atoms, colliding particles, and the conditions there are like insane, like hundreds of degrees below zero. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like high level scientific research, which a lot of companies are, I'm sorry, a lot of countries participate in this research and so people um this conspiracy believes that that the research that they're doing is um is dangerous and can like either like destroy the world or like create a black hole or create like alternate realities and um What's interesting is that I, some of these um, some of these articles talk about like the type of research that they do, and one of the scientists, several of the scientists have admitted that they, um, to study things like black holes, they mm-hmm. have to try to make what are called like mini black holes. So I'm not sure how that works exactly, but they admit that that's part of their research is like trying to discover more about the universe. So they have to do experiments that, uh, you know, relate to those, those aspects of it. So it's interesting that people buy into this, that it's dangerous or that there's, um, one of these, one of these conspiracies like says that, oh, CERN like opened a portal to hell or like opened up a black hole Mm -hmm. and that that's the reason for like strange events in the world that can't be explained so one of them was like the election in 2016 uh people believe that cern has like opened up this like gateway to an alternate reality so that we're living in like an alternate timeline or an alternate reality um yeah it's kind of it's kind of i mean (laughs) like i I don't even know what to say about that because Mm -hmm. it's like, how would they know? Like, I mean, obviously the scientists would know, but like, how would they be able to, I mean, is it something that you can see? Is it something that like, it's just like a, like a weird feeling or like what, what is that? Mm -hmm. Uh, It says CERN was established in 1954 in Switzerland by 12 countries. Um, Currently, there's 22 nation states that participate in this. 
Uh, they've made some important discoveries, including the God particle or Higgs boson particle. Um, part of their research led to the invention of the World Wide Web. And um, one of one of the um, so I, I'm looking at this site. It's um, HowStuffWorks.com, and it, and it basically talks about why CERN is the center for a lot of these theories, conspiracies. Um, why it's the center for some movies like a lot of movies will like use CERN as like oh it's the setting for like mm-hmm. this science stuff that um, is like top secret something that um, is like mysterious but also um, it affects like global um, you know the global stage right so um, part of it is that I think that there's just like such high level science and like physics that they do there and I think people don't people don't fully understand that I don't fully understand what they're doing there right I don't know um, it's um, it's pretty high level thinking that they're doing and so and, and research that they're doing and so I think that's part of where these conspiracies come from is that there's this idea or this sense of like, oh, they're doing something that's um, that we shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they're messing with things that um, they're messing with things that are bigger than us. So, like, I mean, even the language that they use, like the God particle that they discovered there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like just this sense of like, oh, like, wow, it's like this huge level of of research. Mm-hmm. And um I think that scares a lot of people. And I think also um, when you have events that are kind of um, like low probability events or unlikely things, like people are like, oh, like never in a million years would this have happened, but it happens. But it happened, I think yeah. people look for explanations that um, kind of make sense of that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's true for a lot of these conspiracies. Like people want to believe that there is some reason behind things that can't be explained. And so Mm -hmm. um, to me, this is just like one example of that. But what was interesting was that there have been some comments from scientists that talk about like they are like I'm reading this thing on HowStuffWorks.com, science versus myth in, in that section there. Um, it says uh, scientists at CERN accelerate two high energy particle beams close to the speed of light inside their large hadron collider super cold by electromagnets to negative 270 degrees celsius or negative 450 degrees fahrenheit I mean that's insane right yeah I can't even imagine that like what what number is that negative 450 <laughs> degrees um and it says these experiments um so the particles are collide and the scientists and physicists you know observe the results and they draw conclusions from that um but these experiments have proven the existence of the higgs boson god particle and have helped better understand neutrinos neutral particles so um You know, this is, like, crazy stuff that they're doing, but it's important work. Uh, I think when people hear that, like, those type of conditions and what they do there, it's just, like, 
it's hard to fathom and so people are like oh you're gonna open up a black hole or you're gonna do um you know rip a hole open in reality or mm-hmm. something like that I mean I don't think that's true but yeah um, I was uh, gonna say like but yeah I think it's it's interesting um, I'm trying to find the, the part where they say like one scientist or a few scientists actually said they do try to okay yeah here it is on in 2015, CERN admitted that it's attempting to create tiny black holes so scientists can study antimatter. And CERN insists that this research studying microscopic black holes is perfectly safe, that there's no risk. But um, some theorists believe that this could collapse, um, could cause a collapse of the entire universe. Uh, but that's coming from theorists, some theorists. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the researchers at CERN insist that this research is just to study, um, just to study antimatter and particles, and that there's no risk. So um, I think that's sort of like what has spurred. So this was in 2015. I think that statement from CERN, which is on their website, uh, if you go to home.cern about. Uh, there's a section that they talk about gravity, tiny black holes, and what they're actually doing. Mm-hmm. So I think when that came out, people, there had already been theories and conspiracies about CERN, but I think that gave it a whole new spin that they're actually trying to do that. But um, this whole thing about ripping a hole in our dimension and an, an alternate timeline, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's anything to that. But I mean, it, it is interesting, I think, because... You know, recently, um, you know, you were talking about this earlier that they photographed for the first time an actual black hole. Like you right. can see what it looks like. They've pieced together through telescopes and different imaging, um, and it's still, but it's still a mysterious field. And part of the research on that is done at CERN, but even so, it's just, um, it's not a fully or well understood phenomenon and so I think it does give people um I think it can be scary for people to contemplate like what that is or what that could do but um they're they're trying to figure it out there in Switzerland I mean I don't know I think it's just I get like a like a non-realistic like thought or whatever when I think of this this theory like this opens up a portal to hell like I mean nobody's gonna jump in (laughs) like if you think about it like it's not one of those things where it's like all right like you know back to the future or something like that where it's like all right ready to jump into the next dimension or you know we're gonna jump into jump into this hole and it's gonna be the future or the past or um do you remember the show um uh, Quantum Leap. Do you remember that? You probably don't. But, like, that's what it makes me think of. It makes me think of, like, where, you know, they create this giant hole and then they teleport into, like, another, uh, you know, another time. Like, I, <laughs> that's what I think of when I, when I hear this. Yeah. Is that, like, th- this is what people are afraid of happening it calls to mind other movies that have done similar things like oh dimensions or portals or or 
going back in time or forward in time, um, it's um, it, it's funny because it, it's it's a thing that's like clearly like science fiction and um, not it's not something that's possible or that people do now. But if you read, um, and I don't know a lot about physics, but Einstein believed that it would be possible to either time travel or dimension travel hmm. based on his, um, there's like the, the theory of re- relativity hmm. so that, and this is just like the dummies version and even probably less than that, the idiots, idiot dummies version, hmm. but um that like time is relative depending on like how fast you're going so for example if you're as you get closer so say you're going like extremely extremely fast that like isn't even humanly possible but like you're going so fast that like basically like the world is like passing you by okay so things are going slower than you so time is from your vantage point because you're going so fast it looks like everything else is going slower if that makes sense and so einstein in his theory of relativity basically is that like time is relative to how fast you're going and as you go get closer to the speed of light time slows down if that makes sense so you're going so fast that like it basically almost like stops okay so he thought that it was like if we could possibly reach that level of speed, then time travel could be possible. But of course, we don't have that technology. Yeah. So, and this is what's interesting about like physics, the little that I know about it, is that a lot of it is like theoretical. It's like in theory, this would work, but in we don't have that capability. Mm-hmm. So it's not real. But in a sense, it could be, is what his point was, which is kind of crazy to think about, which is why physics is, like, one of the most, like, prestigious sciences, because you have to be not only, like, a mathematician and a researcher and a scientist, but your brain has to be able to, like, comprehend and imagine those possibilities. So that's why it's, like, you know, Einstein's considered one of the, you know, a genius, one of the smartest people to have ever lived, but... It borders on crazy. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's kind of, it's like to the point of ridiculousness. But the fact that it's theoretically possible is, is amazing. Yeah. But that's what they're studying there. Because I, I, so I'm on their website, on CERN's website. So, I mean, it's just like a basic website. It says, um, but this page, it says extra dimensions, tiny black holes, gravitons, particles of gravity, which I didn't even know was a thing. Um, but they talk about um, dimensions. They say, in, er- in our everyday lives, we experience three spatial dimensions and a fourth dimension of time. But could there be more? Einstein's general theory of relativity tells us that space can expand, contract, and bend. Now, if one dimension were to contract, contract to a size smaller than an atom, it would be hidden from our view. But if we l- could look on a scale small enough that hidden dimension might become visible again could we test for extra dimensions one option would be to find evidence of particles that can exist only if extra dimensions are real so 
they are basically i mean like they're, they're talking about these concepts about time about extra dimensions um they mention gravity particles of gravity um and then they also mention where this the black holes come in apparently it says another way of revealing extra dimensions would be the to, through the production of microscopic black holes basically it says that these microscopic black holes basically would show them on a very small scale oh like these could these could help identify extra dimensions mm -hmm. i think some scientists believe that there's like up to 10 if i'm not mistaken 10 dimensions that oh you know we have our three dimensions here mm -hmm. we have time which is the fo a fourth one apparently but that there's other ones out there in theory or observation that you know that they've tried to measure so this is part of like their research there but it gets into these questions about dimensions and time and like black holes like <laughs> it's um i'm not surprised why there's conspiracies about this place about cern because right they are doing some interesting but bizarre research there these have been subjects for like movies and like hollywood like mm -hmm. dimensions and yeah you know, like, um, I don't know if you saw the movie Interstellar with um, Matthew McConaughey and Jessica Chastain, Michael Caine, or what's his name? That actor, British actor? Yeah, Michael Caine. Oh. This guy. You don't know him? He's in that? Yeah, he's one of the... He's still alive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. He's 86. I didn't know this. So Michael uh, Interstellar, it's with Michael Caine, Jessica Chastain, Matthew McConaughey. But they talk about, um, I don't want to spoil the movie. It's been a while for, if you haven't seen it by now. Rent it. I, I watch it. I don't know it. if you're going to watch it. But um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. But it is a, it's a very, it's a complex plot. So I don't blame you if you've seen it and you didn't like it, but I liked it. And um, there are these elements of like space travel and like time travel and dimensional travel. Um, Hollywood movies that have been written about using these concepts. And so I think that's part of it, too, is people like their imaginations run wild. Like you're saying, you know, when you think of like portals and dimensions, mm -hmm. like it, it, it spurs images that... Um, can be frightening so um if you're ever in switzerland in geneva and you want to learn about particle physics and rips in reality i don't know i don't know can if you, you visit this I don't, place? I don't know if you can visit actually like is it like is it like jpl where you can just go in and visit if our listeners are like oh i want to go visit and they go to this they go to CERN and they're like, you're trespassing. I was going to say, <laughs> like... You're no one's allowed in here. Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to take a guess and say... Oh, you can take oh, a featured virtual a, wait, tour. Wait, featured event. Maybe they do have a Maybe event. they do. Know. Okay. I, it's not like a museum where you can just like walk around, I don't think, but... Um, there's, a virtual, there's a virtual tour of the Large Hadron Collider which looks pretty scary. Yeah, I would hope oh God, that it would only be... Oh, What's they do that? have... Ex they, they have exhibits there. Oh, wow. 
visit CERN's permanent exhibits, and it looks very high-tech okay. and spacey. So it looks like you can go there. Yeah. You just, I'm sure that the virtual tour of the uh, hydrogen collider is only virtual, and I'm, I would hope yeah, that... Yeah, don't get in the way of that I was going to say, I would hope that nobody's in there touching it or, like, bringing, bringing their sh- toddlers <laughs> to, like, run around yeah. and, like, press a button. Yeah, I don't think they're like, in there. This is like a miles long thing, and it shoots like atoms at each other, and and apparently these atoms go like the speed of light. So I don't know what would happen if you stood in <laughs> if front you of got this thing, shot in front of with atoms. It's like a black hole, like rips <laughs> up, rips you open, and sucks. You I mean, but also that's kind of cool. And then you get transported <laughs> to a dimension where I don't know. <laughs> So yeah, um, that's something I didn't know that you can, they have exhibits. There. Yeah. Um, the birth of the web. So if you haven't been to their website, I would suggest, not suggest, but I would recommend um, checking it out because there's some interesting stuff on there that you're, I mean, just like reading these articles, I was, my head is spinning like a, like the Hadron Collider, but <laughs> yeah, um, it's just a lot to take in. Oh, yeah, here's a... So this is the conspiracy. So this is on CNBC.com. They talk about the Mandela effect, which... Um, have you heard about that? I think you mentioned it. Yeah. Um, that, like, people misremember past events. So the theory is that they're actually, like, alternate realities. People believe that CERN ripped a hole, and that explains the past like the Cubs winning the series and uh, the 2016 election, that these are like the results of... <laughs> the results of the CERN... CERN ripping, black rip, hole. Ripping, ripping a hole in our dimensional reality. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't really think any of that's true, but it is interesting <laughs> the stuff they're doing. And Like how big of a hole would it be that everything would be ruined? <laughs> I don't know. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's funny. But, um, so that's CERN, and that was interesting. But let's move on to our third one. We just wanted to have, like, a few stories, I mean, a few conspiracies, and kind of talk about them a little bit, because you you can really go into depth for a lot of these. Let's do the Denver airport next. Okay. Um, so this one was kind of bizarre, and um, kind of scary, but it's interesting. So people believe that the that Denver people believe that Denver International Airport is is a um, is like a haven or a um, like a headquarters or a base for the new world order for the illuminati for like the end of the world and um there's multiple reasons why people believe this so one of them is that they have these weird murals like there's just a lot of weird artwork so if you look at this i don't know if you saw the horse here yeah that horse is 
it's like this big scary a little creepy like yeah it's this big scary blue horse with red glowing eyes and it's massive and it kind of reminds me of like the the denver broncos like their old logo there's like this horse on its hind legs and it's kind of like um winning or something in in an aggressive manner there's a story about the horse itself too apparently it killed the person that made it yeah did you, did you see that yeah what's it called it's oh it's nicknamed blucifer yeah. oh my god that's so weird so people think it's like it represents one of like the four horsemen of the apocalypse like from the book of revelation um yeah, if you look at it, the four. Yeah, I'm not even surprised. <laughs> like yeah, it's Lucifer. creepy. It's scary. Um, so it says in the the book of Revelation, the four horsemen of the apocalypse symbolize death, plague, famine, illness, or whatever. There's four four scary things, and so they're like, oh, this could be like one of them. Um, that the statues. The statue's artist, Luis Jimenez, was killed when a piece of the statue fell on him and severed an artery in his leg in 2006. The statue is 32 feet tall and 9,000 pounds. That is a huge that's, horse. Yeah. That's really big. Like, I mean, like... That's if almost you, five tons. I mean, if you think about it, okay, 32 feet, meh. But if you, like, think about it... 32 feet is... 32 feet is massive yeah yeah i mean yeah that's it's that's a huge statue yeah um and so the conspiracy is not just the horse but the layout of of the airport they say is um in the shape of a swastika yeah that's what i saw and i'm like okay like that might be a little bit of a stretch. I don't know. I but... um, I, I've traveled a lot recently, so um. You know, this is our first episode in, in, a few weeks, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I traveled to, New York, uh, then to Louisiana, then, back to New York, and so I've been to a lot of airports and. Some airports, like, their layout is not well thought out. Um, I remember being stuck on a runway because we got there early and there was no place for the plane to park, basically. It had to wait in this line for the planes to, like, move and then it could, it could we could get out. Um, and also, like, if you're... So, basically... Hmm. And I forget which airport it was, but the layout was such that timing was, like, critical. Like, if you were if you were early or if you were late, it threw everybody off. And, oh, that's And it weird. was just based on, like, because it wasn't, like, laid out well. Uh-huh. And I'm looking at this layout for Denver. And to me, it actually makes sense. Like, it looks like it would be easy for planes to, like, depart and land without affecting each other. Like... I'm reading this article on BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. Um, an airport representative has said that the runways are designed that way so they can be used simultaneously no matter the weather condition and the runways don't overlap. 
so it's a matter of like efficiency and convenience that yeah. this that this layout was was designed that way mm-hmm. and to me that makes so much sense because i think it was dallas that it's dallas's layout is like in a circle and i've had four flights to and from that location mm-hmm. and three out of the four were delayed by an hour or more oh wow and and i remember thinking like this layout is not great like it's not efficient and them describing like the layout for denver as like being intentional so that way there can be takeoffs and landings simultaneously without disrupting each other mm-hmm. like to me like that makes sense so i don't i like i don't give credence to that reason for people being suspicious of this airport but um but that's one of the things that they talk about um another one is on the dedication stone to the to the airport march 19th 1994 there's a masonic symbol the compass and g that's on the dedication stone and it says the words new world airport commission which is right underneath the the masonic symbol and this is real um airport officials have said it was a commission for the new world airport um but people people think of new world order and the conspiracy that that involves you know like people associate the new world order with like the illuminati or yeah uh or other things like that one of the airport officials for media he says that um the local the local masons were were involved with making um parts of the airport and that but that they're involved with a lot of like openings and closings for buildings mm-hmm. in a lot of cities like they're just a you know they say like oh they're a charitable organization in a lot of communities and like they they cut the stone for this like dedication stone mm-hmm. and that they do that a lot for you know charities organizations buildings uh like municipal places like just their legacy as like um you know like as a fraternity and you know their name they say references like the old stonemasons so that's sort of like the connection with like oh they make dedication stones for a lot of things um and so they helped with this this stone uh but it's it's um it is on there it's at you know denver international airport like this is a real thing if you go to the airport and you look for that dedication stone there is the masonic compass and and um slide rule and compass and the g and it does say new world airport commission so i think people are suspicious of that especially like phrasing like new world order Um, yeah and people cite this a lot when they talk about the New World Order conspiracy that, um, and it stems from this belief that there's like a globalist agenda that this uh, secret society wants to make the world into like a universal one world government thing. And um, there was a speech by George Herbert Walker Bush. it was either in his inaugural address or state of the union and he used the phrase new world order 
and that drove people crazy because it, that <laughs> sure. just like fed into this conspiracy <laughs> and belief in that um and he's and he talked about that and he said that it was a reference to like turning the page and bringing america into a new um you know the 21st century or whatever but people when they hear that word it just feeds this conspiracy Mm -hmm. so the fact that this is on this airport and the airport is like already as we mentioned has like a creepy horse it has a, a strange layout um people are just further like their antennas go up when yeah when you, when you hear that phrasing um there's a few other things about this but the one that's like the most disturbing um revolves around the murals so i don't know if you read about this but that so there was an airport official that talked about the murals and that the artist always does like subversive um thought-provoking artwork yeah like he's just famous for for doing stuff like that and so there's a lot of murals in den at, at denver airport but some of them have like startling imagery like there's one with like the rainforest on fire there's like a dead jaguar oh is that what that is i was like from far away it doesn't look bad <laughs> There's um, crying children. Oh, I gotta look at this. Um, like dead sea life. Oh my god. Um, there's a crying Native American that's like in a coffin. There's there's like dead Native peoples in like coffin like boxes. Oh wow. And like children crying and like birds fleeing this like forest that's on fire and. The artist, his name is Leo Tanguma. Uh, He wanted to highlight humanity's actions that were affecting the earth, native people, the environment. And he wanted to highlight just like global catastrophes that that children were imagining a world where this wasn't like this. This didn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. But acknowledging that that is the reality that we live in. That the environment, uh, animals, plants, rainforests, the seas, that they're all being affected by human actions. Then there's another mural where it's about world peace, but in the center of it and at the bottom, it's like the remnants of war. So there's what looks like a Nazi. Like, I don't know if you've seen those, like, in those movies like they have these like nazi soldiers with like a gas masks yeah and like flamethrowers so in this mural it's like children and peoples of the world with different flags and different colors there's like a rainbow over it but at the bottom it's like a dead or defeated nazi soldier with a gas mask Mm -hmm. and um i think this was to highlight um like war and then there's another um another nazi like soldier with a gun um when that one's pretty fairly obvious like that's actually you know a nazi with a gas mask on this one here i don't know if you saw this one. Oh yeah i did 
He's like holding a rifle. Um, he looks very spooky. And then there's a uh, a quote from a child who died at Auschwitz. So it looks like the artist was like trying to highlight past catastrophes and like current plights in the world. So like environmental crises, um, the treatment of like native peoples, animals, the rainforest, the seas, the desert. So there's some positive imagery, like people coming together around like this rainbow plant. People are like surrounding this like plant. It looks like the chakras like different colors and there's different animals but some of the other some of the murals are pretty pretty bleak mm-hmm. but the it's colorful yeah but it's, but it's you look um, closely at it and there's just images of like you know yeah and i remember going to i've been to denver i've flown th- through denver several times it's startling to see that, especially when you're traveling. I was going to say, these are not things that you want to see while you're in an airport at yeah. like a layover or if your flight is delayed <laughs> or no, canceled. That's not what you want to think of. Or if you're visiting Denver. some Not something that you want to see while you're having like a stressful time at the airport. Yeah. Um, what I remember about it, too, was that it was easy to miss. Like... Um, you know, you're in a hurry, you're trying to get to your your gate and your, make your flight, and um, sometimes you just, like, in passing, you, like, you notice, you notice stuff, but you don't really, you don't really look closely at it, and so this was one of those things where um, I remember one time, I did have some time before my flight so I'm kind of walking around you Mm -hmm. know getting some food yeah trying to relax as much as possible before um before your flight comes up and um I'm like yeah these these murals are um I had heard about them and so I kind of like took the time to look at them and yeah they're you know they are what you see online um they're kind of scary and bleak um but they are colorful and um yeah, I kind of had a, a few thoughts about that. I mean, just that um, uh, art is, you know, it's very subjective, um, but a lot of it is subversive, and a lot of it is trying to call attention to certain issues or um, to make you think. And I think these were definitely um, in that vein. Like, it does make you think about some of these issues but mm-hmm. i think um good art does that it makes you yeah question those things exactly and um my other point though was that is that the appropriate place like you kind of alluded to this like um you're at an airport and um it's kind of like a hospital like you're there because you have yes. to be there so like, you have to get somewhere, and it's a stressful time. Something that you don't want to experience. Right, and so, you know, that's why, like, when you go to the hospital, like, you notice that the colors are very soothing. They're, like, pastel green mm-hmm. or light blue or, like, various shades of, like, you know, beige or white or, like, just, like, non 
uh, stimulating colors. It's just like more soothing right. tones. And it's there to help people relax because you're obviously in a stressful place. Um, these murals were like, they're bright and colorful and and some of the imagery is nice, but some of it is um, startling. The flaming rainforest. Um, it, that's not something you want to kind of be... It's not relaxing right, exactly. when you're about to get on a plane. I mean, honestly, it's like one of those where you're, you're drawn to it because of the bright <clears throat> colors. And yeah. then you're standing there and you look at it and then you're like, oh... That's not what I expected. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just one of those things where it's like, okay, once you take a look at it and you really, like, you really focus on it, then you're like, oh, there's fire. Oh, there's, uh, <laughs> you know, there's little kids crying. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where you're just like, this isn't, I mean, this might not be the most appropriate place to put this right. like it would be better like in a museum yeah or for sure. like an art museum yeah an art like museum an exhibit. they also have um gargoyles oh um, they do cool there's like gargoyles like peppered throughout the airport and mm-hmm. so i mean unless they are going for a weird theme if you think about it because if you go to the john wayne airport the John Wayne Airport has like a theme and it's like Orange County. It's um, they have a big statue of John Wayne, like, you know, things related to the city. So that's like the Orange County Airport, the John Wayne Airport's theme. Yeah. So maybe the Denver Airport's theme is just grim, sad. <laughs> the other part of this conspiracy is that this is like a, a base or like a um so like the airport is like a few miles outside of the city of Denver. Okay. It's like in this flat parcel of land outside of the city and uh-huh. so some airports are like right in the middle of a city like and you know like here we have planes flying over all the time like john right. wayne's close by but it's like in the middle of like orange county like it's yeah. not, like out in the middle of nowhere so people think that like this is um like a base for like when shit hits the fan in america like they think that it's that these murals are like alluding to like like a disaster in the future. Like this is what's going to happen and, and this yeah. is the place where, where you like, need to be. No, like <laughs> or where, where you like, don't no, you shouldn't be. No, um not everybody. Like this is just the this is the place where like the elites are going to go. Oh. For safety while the rest of us burn down with the rainforest oh. like in the murals and <laughs> the salt like the you know Nazis are everywhere. Um so people think that this is sort of like like hiding in plain sight and almost like making fun of um normal people oh wow like this is sort of like us like a message to like oh like this is the future and like this base and like the, so there's some theories that there's like underground tunnels like the elites are gonna like hide in underground in <laughs> this like in the denver airport while the scary apocalyptic horse rains fiery terror on 
on the world. It's also worth noting, like, this area in, like, Colorado, maybe, I, I don't think it's in Denver, but, like, there's, like, the, um, there's, like, an Air Force base in that area. There's the Air Force Academy in, um, in Colorado. So there's some, like, connections there that people think are, like, they put it all together, you know, the horse, the murals, <laughs> um, the gargoyles, they think that there's tunnels, there's, like, military stuff there. So that's sort of, like, all of that together has led to this conspiracy that that the Denver airport's sort of, like, going to be important. How interesting. If there's, like, a, if there's like a disaster or something. And you're saying, like, that maybe they're going for, like, a, like this weird vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the other thing that's kind of disturbing about all this is that this isn't stuff that you see at, like, other airports, like a creepy horse. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not a nice horse. If it was, like, a nice horse, like a, like a regal or, um, yeah. like, you know, like a fancy horse that looks nice, but it's still, like, this is an, like it's, a, a, it's an aggressive, angry yeah. horse. Um, I think at, like, so Denver Broncos Stadium I don't know if they still have a horse, but they had a like a horse statue at that stadium, uh-huh. and that looks nicer than this one. This looks like that they should switch. Like, if you think about it, like <laughs> the Denver the Denver horse is like bronze and it looks like regal and yeah. it looks fancy. This looks like it should be at like like a scary mascot at a football stadium. Like so, that's why to me that I don't get why that's there. Yeah, and the eyes glow. Did you see that? Yeah. The eyes glow all the time. Yeah. Red. And it's not like it, it's like, it's red glowing eyes. Like, nobody yeah. needs that. Like. Yeah. So, it's like, the horse to me is weird. The murals are kind <laughs> of strange. Um, I don't think there's anything to the tunnels thing. Or they said that there's like bunkers or something. Um. Well, I always thought that all airports had, like, an underground thing for, like, workers oh, and stuff like that. I have no, so, I- I have no idea. I mean, I don't know, but oh, yeah, I here's, just... here's the gargoyles. Like, they're just, like, all over the place. <laughs> There's a gargoyle. Okay, the gargoyles are kind of cool, at The baggage claim. like that. But I love that he's in a suitcase. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, the gargoyle is that. in a suitcase. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Okay, it says um, <laughs> one of the people there says it's a fun piece of art. I don't know. It's just maybe they have a weird sense of humor uh, in Colorado. Maybe. I've never been there. I mean, I've never, I've been to the airport, but I haven't never been, been to, to like Colorado. out on the actual area. So I don't, it doesn't really count. But yeah, it's just, I mean, <laughs> there, there's, there are some creepy things. I, I will admit that about this, this conspiracy in particular. But to me, it's more easily explained by kind of just, I don't know, like, like, city planning, and they just, you know, anytime you have, like, local government, and they have to make decisions, and it's hard for everybody to agree on stuff, and I can just picture, like, this, this thing was built in, like, the 90s, and Mm -hmm. I could see them making some uh, questionable choices about the art and the decor, and, yeah, um, (laughs) but the horse did did kill somebody it killed the artist so i don't know maybe that says something but yeah 
people think that there's this is like illuminati central i mean it is weird it's the whole thing the whole airport is just weird i will say i mean they're talking about like how modern it is and the technology that they have there um for the most part flying in and out of there is pretty like seamless like i've never had i mean i think maybe i've had a delay or two but i've flown through there a lot and um everything's usually pretty smooth though like Hmm. on time um never had any issues no there's um there's a lot of like restaurants and little shops and you know denver at least in the airport there's like a lot of like western stuff there's little crafts from like local shops and they're kind of there so i it made me like the the shops and the little stores inside there it made me want to go into denver and see what it was like Mm -hmm. i have some friends that live there i haven't been there but i it's a city i would want to go to based on my limited experience walking through there yeah um i've always wanted to go to like boulder um Mm -hmm. I almost went there for college. Like, that was, like, one of the schools I wanted to oh, go cool. to. Colorado Boulder, uh, which I hear is, like, a very, like, hippie, like, very laid back there. And I hear it's a beautiful campus and a beautiful city. So, to me, I would I would want to go there one day and just kind of, like, actually go to the city, you know. But um, if I do that, I'd have to go through the creepy airport again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I already hate flying. So if I were at an airport where just all this was around me, I would just go home. I wouldn't I wouldn't go yeah. on the airplane. The murals wouldn't help. No, the they fiery, wouldn't. <laughs> the fiery apocalypse of the rainforest. All right, so that's the Denver Airport conspiracy. The the Denver Airport New World Order conspiracy. We could do an, we could do two more. Okay. Um, okay, so this one I wanted to talk about, um, this is the Stanley Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick, Kubrick? Kubrick? Stanley Kubrick, excellent filmmaker, he's no longer alive, but he's had some great films, some Mm -hmm. all-time great films, um, Clockwork Orange. Yes, iconic. 2001 Space Odyssey, Eyes Wide Shut, so... But it's worth just having, like, a general intro about why this is a conspiracy, Stanley Kubrick and his, and his, um, and his films. So people believe that the moon landing was faked. Right. That's a whole other conspiracy that is probably one of the most famous ones. How this ties into Stanley Kubrick is that they believe that he was the one that faked the footage. (laughs) What? So people believe that um, the moon landing didn't happen, that it was faked, whatever. But people think that he was the one that did all of that. (laughs) And the reason they they believe that was that um, he had this movie, 2001 Space Odyssey. And so... This stems from that that theory. So the two of them are linked in that sense. So, so I'm looking at... This is from Time Magazine. So it's on there. They have a, a section of articles about conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. 
this is called uh, it says a separating fact from fiction conspiracy theories with time magazine the conspiracy that the moon landings were faked so it says doubters say that the u.s government desperate to beat the russians faked the moon landings with neil armstrong and buzz aldrin acting out their mission on a film set located either in the hollywood hills or at area 51 with the photos and videos of the Apollo missions only available through NASA, they say that there's no independent verification that these were actually real. So, and then it cites some of these things that people say that led them, like, lead them to believe that it's fake. So, the thing with the flag, et cetera, et cetera. Different mm-hmm. reasons why people believe that. Um, some of these theorists have suggested that Filmmaker Stanley Kubrick may have helped NASA fake the moon landing, given that his film, 2001 A Space Odyssey, was created in 1968. So they say that this technology to create a space-like environment that we see in this movie, uh, and the fact that they came, it came, this movie came out around that time, makes people question um, not just that the moon landing was faked or how it could be faked, but that that NASA had Stanley Kubrick do it, that they had him set up this whole thing. So, you know, I had heard of, I of course, I've, I've heard that people believe in this and that people doubt that we actually went to the moon. Mm-hmm. But this was the first time I had heard that this Hollywood director was involved. Yeah, this is the first I've heard of it, too. Like, And according to Time magazine, it says that a Gallup poll conducted in 1999 showed that 6% of Americans believe that the lunar landings were fake. 5% said they were undecided. This was uh, more than 10 years ago. This is twenty. This poll was taken twenty years ago. Um, I would imagine that, given how big some of these conspiracy theories have gotten, that that number is like way smaller than it actually is today. I would imagine that more people now believe that it was fake. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So that's like the intro to the Stanley Kubrick conspiracy um, story. But I wanted to mention that because that's a huge one, the moon landing, yeah, and that he was involved with it. But what I what I wanted to kind of go a little bit more in depth with was that um, this idea that Stanley Kubrick knew about a lot of different classified things that were going on, and that his movies are actually like hidden messages to the public that this is what's going on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So people believe that there's this one, the 2001 Space Odyssey was um, an allusion to the fake moon landing with NASA. Um, And the other one is that his, one of his last movies, it may have been his last movie, um, Eyes Wide Shut with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, Mm -hmm. that that was an allusion to like Hollywood sex cults or like Hollywood secret societies 
that there are elites in society that um, routinely break the law, routinely get away with um, obscene behavior, criminal behavior, but because they're um, either stars, powerful in politics, what have you, that people don't know about it and that they get away with it but that they're all in it together or like a lot of them are in it together like in a club or like secret society or something like that so um you know eyes wide shut it's a great movie um and the setting is um like around christmas time so it's kind of a there's a big contrast between like how festive the setting is like around Christmas like there's lights mm-hmm. um, lights play a big uh, symbolic role in this movie are kind of like this allusion to like things aren't what they seem that the lights are sort of masking darker elements of the elites so um, the other thing too is that the movie involves Tom Cruise so there's some conspiracies that Stanley Kubrick was like trying to send a message about Tom Cruise and you know he's famous for being involved in Scientology Mm -hmm. so there's there are some that believe that he's sort of trying to expose them for what they really are oh wow and um if you watch Eyes Wide Shut um if you haven't seen it it's I think it's on Netflix uh, I highly recommend it. It is uh, a rated R film, but it's a it's a well done movie. There's great actors, uh, whatever you think of Tom Cruise, uh, Nicole Kidman's in it. Um, but it's pretty um, it's pretty bleak, but it's also very interesting. And um, yeah, Tom Cruise plays this doctor, and he li- he has a wife. Uh, Nicole Kidman and uh, you know they they get invited to a party and and it sort of frames it as they're kind of married but they're like kind of over it like they're they don't you know they're not happily married but by the end of the movie like Cruz gets wrapped up in this like like sex cult where they wear masks and they have like these rituals and they have um they have like secret meetings and secret mm-hmm. um gestures and um no it's like a code of silence like you're not allowed to talk about it to people outside and you're not non-members are not allowed uh people get killed in the movie because they're exposing the secrets so um it's an it's a fascinating movie but i think a lot of those elements feed into what people already believe about things like the illuminati and those type of conspiracies so if you if you find like those illuminati conspiracies interesting this movie is just like right up your alley then because Mm -hmm. this is like it, it a lot of what people believe about it you see it in the movie recently this whole thing with like harvey weinstein and that whole hollywood scandal which i think is starting to like simmer down but it was it was a hot topic earlier Mm -hmm. this year and last year and the past few years 
And a lot of that rhetoric that people were talking about was, well, who knew about it? Like it was going on for such a long time. Big name actors, came, actresses came out saying that Weinstein did this, Weinstein did that. They did things for certain roles that they, he pressured people. There's talk that maybe Kubrick's movies were actually alluding to this like dark underbelly of Hollywood and the movie industry and that he's sort of trying to expose that uh, before uh, recently when it's sort of been out in the open what was going on. So this, you know, this is an interesting one. Um, you know, there are people that really believe that the moon landing didn't happen. And uh, I don't know where you fall on the skeptical spectrum, but mm-hmm. I, I'm of the opinion that we did land on the moon, that that did happen, that there was nothing faked about that. I haven't come across anything convincing that says... Uh, or that has shown to me that it could be fake. Uh, I get why people think it's fake because I think it just serves um, that whole narrative of like, um, you know, um, the American government and they want to win at all costs and given the Cold War and the stakes in that, that they really wanted to beat Russia. So they did whatever they, they had to do to win that battle. And this was one of those frontiers where they had to win. Mm -hmm. So to me, like, that makes sense. Like, I could, I I get that reasoning, but I'm not convinced that it was faked. But um, this is like a popular um, theory that it was faked. But this is new to me that, that Stanley Kubrick a Hollywood director, filmmaker, um, was involved with it. I hadn't heard that one before. No, me neither. And, I mean, I believe that the moon landing is real. Like, I mean, like you said, there's, like, nothing really, like, that comes to me that, you know, makes me believe that it was faked or whatever. But, I mean, if they faked it, then Stanley Kubrick did a really good job. Yeah. I mean, um, this is from 2017. So I'm on medium.com. Uh-huh. Um, I'm mentioning the websites for a lot of these uh, stories because, you know, I just want to make sure that we're, we're consulting reputable sources. Um, and, and again, these sources aren't saying, oh, like these conspiracies are real. It's just commentary about it. So I, that's our goal here is just to expose you guys uh, to expose you to the commentary and like what the theory or story is talking about Mm -hmm. so we can have that discussion but we're not making a conclusion either way yeah I think most of the times we're a little bit more skeptical but we just want to you know bring light to these ideas because they are being talked about but um so on this medium.com article they, t- they talk about how many people believe the moon landing was faked. Uh, this is from 2017. It says, um, frankly, it's not surprising that some American college students wonder about the moon landings, given that polls and surveys show 
24% of Americans and 25% of British citizens believe NASA faked the moon landings. Hmm, so that's, that's a lot that's a lot higher than the Time magazine uh, Gallup poll from 1999. Yeah. I think it's what was it 6%. So this is a lot this has been growing and this hasn't been um you know something that only a small handful of be- that's like one in four 24 yeah. percent like one out of four people in in america and england believe that it's fake uh and then they bring in it says some people so some of those believe that nasa paid director stanley kubrick to film the fake footage but there's other references to why um why people believe that it was fake there was something about it may it was either in 2001 a space odyssey or another movie that there's a room number or something like a11 or no no it says like all or something and so people think that should be read as like a11 in Mm -hmm. a reference to apollo Apollo 11 11. so i forget where i read that but um there's a few things that people think that Stanley Kubrick faked, helped NASA fake this. But the thing with um, Eyes Wide Shut is that the elites are having their like their own world that we right. that we don't know about. So yeah. it's sort of like the world that we live in, and then um, and then their world and their world, and so. Unless you're part of it, you don't know about it. Mm-hmm. And Cruz in the movie, like it, he somehow accidentally gets exposed to it through several through several moments, and then he actually like sneaks in and gets caught and threatened because he like he's aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So people believe that you know Kubrick is like secretly making a commentary about Hollywood. And like a global elites and politics, you know, looking forward today at, you know, the whole Weinstein thing. I don't know if they knew each other. I don't know if, you know, he was aware of what was going on. But um, I think there is something to be said about the privileged in society do live a different life. You know, uh, how many times do we see in whether it's criminal or political, the people at the top do have the privilege of sometimes they get away with um, behavior that ordinary people get punished for. You know, everybody knows that they did something wrong, but they're not held accountable for it. Right, exactly. In that sense, I think there is something to be said about that idea in the movie. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the people that are privileged, they do tend to, you know, work together live in the same places same neighborhoods um that's just how the world is and um in this movie it does kind of talk about that how like you know it is kind of secretive or it is kind of exclusive i think that's a better word exclusive like you know it's just a whole world unto itself Mm -hmm. you know the world of like celebrities and fame and and fortune and politics like those people travel in circles that most of us will never see and that is something that you see in the movie, and I think that is something that is true. So there's that one. Do you want to talk about the Hollow Earth? Maybe 
and just we could briefly yeah that's um i mean because that's okay it'll probably be our last one yeah that'll that'll be our last one um hollow earth because i mean thinking about it like that's just like a weird thing to like come up with or think about like because when you go to school you're like all right these are the level these are the the levels of the earth like and how there could be there's like so much like heat like isn't it like in the middle of the earth like that's where like lava and magma and stuff like that like volcanoes like yeah that's why they're so hot when they come out is because of like the heat and everything yeah what what are the layers again in science isn't it it's like, like a crust mantle the, core yeah is that still a thing the, the core is the, lava, the middle part right? the lava yeah so like or no the mantle the mantle the is mantle like is like magma molten and then the core is like the heaviest like densest metals right mm-hmm. but they're like molten but they're yeah so it's, it's been like a while since i've had geology i mean i don't know i think like to think if the world was hollow don't you think it would have like crushed itself already with everything that's so heavy like <laughs> sitting on the planet like it doesn't don't people think about that yeah, that's what makes this one kind of interesting and um, a little bizarre. Um, so this is from the New York Post. Um, we were t- we were saying how we we were trying to get some reputable sources and websites, and the New York Post, though many have heard of it, it's kind of a joke. It's kind of a, a running joke in New York that. The, like the times is like the intellectual like the intellectual paper and like the world-renowned one like the new york times and the new york post is like the rag like it's like <laughs> is it's it almost like, like the, the onion like it, no it's like if we're not quite it's not satire but it's like <laughs> it's trying to be serious but it's kind of ridiculous like they have ridiculous they the, the post is famous for like Every day they have an outrageous headline on the cover, but it's always like a funny like pun. But yeah, the post. So this one is um it says conspiracy theorists convinced earth is hollow. <laughs> if you thought the flat earth theory was the craziest conspiracy you'd hear about all year, think again. There's a growing community of people convinced that the earth is hollow. The opening they believe is at the North Pole. More and more people are coming to the terms with the fact that the Earth is hollow. I get emails from people learning about it every day. This this guy who believes that was saying. It's funny because in this article they talk about there's a rivalry between the hollow earthers and the flat earthers. Mm-hmm. So they ask him, uh, what does what do you think of the loony rival theory that the earth is flat? I don't know how the flat earthers can be so confused. They are obviously wrong. The world is not flat. It's hollow. They reject all the evidence. <laughs> so it's kind of funny that there's like two camps of people that obviously believe something that requires an extraordinary amount of evidence, but that they don't they don't get along. Like you would think that they have these these ideas and so they might be trying to help each other but instead they're like no clearly they are confused they're obviously wrong 
They reject it. <laughs> they reject the evidence. So the theory is that there's like openings in different places on the earth, like the North Pole, the South Pole, the Himalayas. Yeah, so there's two openings near the poles and one in the Himalayas. That's interesting. So, and there's different ideas about like what's in there. So that there's like a race of people that live inside this hollow earth that other people say that there's like aliens like that's where the that's where aliens come from or how they get around i guess um they also say like why like how come nobody um nobody goes to those places so or very few people go to the north pole or the south pole they're they're like very cold and like desolate locations but they also say like well then why do so many governments and countries have camps at these poles at the north pole and the south Mm -hmm. pole like why are they doing research there if there's nothing there like what's the point of having somebody there which i guess is like a fair point Mm -hmm. like why do we need why do, why do we need scientists in the dead center of a, the middle of a frozen tundra if the, if it's if it's bleak and there's nothing there why should why be there well maybe it's a sense of like um well if another country's there we should be there i feel like that's a very like america thing mm-hmm. if somebody's there and we that's can true. be there we should be there like america's everywhere it wants to be so, I mean, that's the flip side, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but it's a it's a fair point if there's nothing but, not even snow, like just ice. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, we have scientists studying everything. Why not study ice? I mean, it's not just like that they study the ice. It's also like, you know... Uh, what is it? Global warming and like, you know, mm. the levels of, yeah, that's, you know... Yeah, that's a good point ice and stuff so it's like they have they have to be there they have somebody has to study it because if they don't study it then we're not going to know about it but that's i don't know that's my reasoning on why people would be in a place where you don't want to go to but you have to go to yeah there's another article that um this one's interesting so this is from the telegraph in the uk Mm mm-hmm um, so it's it's uh, it's called Hollow Earth Conspiracy Theories, The Whole Truth, mm-hmm. pun intended, I guess. Uh, so it says, for centuries, hollow earth conspiracy theorists have tried to prove that there's a whole other world beneath our own, but first they need to find the way in. And then it mentions, um, so we've we've mentioned this uh, this radio show before, Coast to Coast, and I listened to it. I wouldn't say frequently, but it's always on here on the West Coast, like 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. And they talk about all sorts of like creepy, strange, ghostly, paranormal topics. So that's why I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Norrie's the host. Currently, they have a lot of different hosts that kind of sub in sometimes. But um, George Norrie's like the main, the main guy currently. But it used to be Art Bell. And um, so this article references that. It says, uh, late at night, uh, so this art- article is by Will Store, 
for the Telegraph. It says, late at night on October 4th, 2002, a strange guest appeared on a cult American radio show, Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell, uh, which has a reputation for exploring weird themes with fascinating guests. But few had ever sounded as excited as this guest. Dallas Thompson was a former personal trainer who spent his youth in Hawaii but lived currently in Bakersfield. His life changed, however, following a terrible accident five years prior. He had been driving along Highway 58 during heavy rain when his car aquaplaned, spinning four times, only to plunge back downwards down a 250-foot drop. When Thompson was found, the roof of his Honda Accord had been crushed almost to the floor. The fireman rescued him. The fireman who rescued him was amazed that he hadn't been decapitated. As he had been sitting helpless in the wreck, Thomas had a vivid near-death experience. He claimed to have seen a light so bright it burned his eyes, made him legally blind, and had given him bizarre knowledge about the world. When he regained consciousness, he was convinced that the earth was hollow and had an opening at the North Pole, and he'd come on coast to coast to discuss his experience and his mission to explore it. So I guess he, from this experience, he went on to like he went on to investigate this theory that he had, or yeah. like had this realization, and then he spent time actually like investigating it. Uh, so he he believed that there are caverns and caves throughout the mantle of of the earth. Uh, Bell responded skeptically. Uh, but Thompson insisted that there was a special atmosphere, that there were creatures, uh, mammoths, and tribes. And so Bell responded, how do you know all this? And he says, I just do. I remembered stuff that had been forgotten. Bell asked about his mental health. Are you manic? He says, I'm just excited, that's all. Uh, most incredibly, Thompson revealed he'd secure funding to travel to one of the openings, over the next few months, news of his expedition spread. He began to receive emails from the media to report on the story. He wrote a book, the Cosmic Manuscript. So he had this book coming out, but then he had to pull it from sale. And then, mysteriously, Thompson disappeared. So th it, hmm. this... um. This, this story on the Telegraph then goes on into the history of sort of this theory, and it goes back pretty far for centuries, numerous writers, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, Jules Verne, whose 1864 novel, A Journey to the Sunny Earth, A Journey to the Center of the Earth, was adapted numerous times for movies and for stage. Uh, different theorists have sort of taken on this um, in different religions they have beliefs that that hell is like accessible in caverns through the mantle so there's a this what I'm surprised about this theory is that it goes back so far like this yeah from the novel like 1864 journey to the center of the earth which that's like a huge book yeah. And it became a movie. Um, 
Yeah, I, I just wanted to mention this story because it's kind of bizarre that this guy, after this accident, he's like convinced that the Earth had an opening at the North Pole. Um, so it's it's a crazy story, but it calls attention to how modern this is. So like, you know, in the two thousands, that this um, this caller and his book and his um, he was able to secure funding to actually go research this. Um, so, I mean, this is like a recent theory, but it's also an old theory mm-hmm. um, from like the days of exploration, different religions. But I thought this was an interesting flip to a lot of the discussions right now that people have about flat earth. Mm-hmm. The most convincing authoritative evidence that I can think of that the earth is round is not like the pictures and not like the sci- the, the astronauts that have seen it, but an eclipse. Whenever right. there's an eclipse, you see the shadow of the Earth. Yeah. And the moon. And it's round. And it's round. Yeah. And the moon is round and the sun is round. <laughs> but the Earth is flat. Like, that doesn't make <laughs> sense. Like, it's like, are you viewing it from, like, the side? Like, it just... It, it doesn't what, make maybe, sense at all. Okay, I mean, that's, I mean, 100% true. Like, I'm, I'm with you on this, that the and, earth is round. But maybe these people think that it's like a coin where it's like, it is like round but flat. <laughs> like, it's a circular disc. So, it's like, and <laughs> a flat disc that doesn't move, and then the disc revolves around the other disc. It's spinning like, like, a, like a coin. Yeah, <laughs> like... Oh, that would be weird. Now that like, I think about it, like, if, you spin a coin, if you spin a coin fast enough, it looks round. And isn't the that's, earth spinning? That's oh, true. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mind blown. Did we just prove the flat earthers right? Oh, the earth gosh. is a coin spinning around another yeah, coin. Yeah, it's just like a big quarter. You know how like in Super Mario, mm-hmm. there's like the little coins and they spin? Yeah. Like... <laughs> oh, okay. So... Yeah, the Flat Earthers, I mean, I'm sorry if, you know, our listeners, we know you love conspiracies Mm -hmm. and maybe some of you are Flat Earthers, but to me, like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. To me, the Hollow Earth doesn't make sense either, but it makes more sense than the Flat Earth, if that makes sense. I guess so. I mean, because, okay. Like, how many of us have been to the North Pole? Or the South Pole, or right. the Himalayas. Right, unless you're, like, a scientist. Yeah. But, the, I mean, like, I, I see that this is the thing that I don't understand, is that, like, these people who believe that the Earth is flat, they don't see, like, the the um, the satellite view from space. Like, I mean, like, they don't see those images, like, on the news or whatever and go, wow, it really is round. <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, I do know. they do they look at that and go, that's made up. That's fake. That's like the the moon landing. That's fake. You know what I mean? Like, mm. do they believe that? Is that something that they go around? Like, do they do they even think like NASA and stuff is, like, is real? Yeah. You know, one thing that I heard and this could be an interesting take on both of these is that. I, I, I remember watching a YouTube video about um so there's like a few flat earthers in the NBA, so professional basketball. Um, 
And I think there, I don't know if they actually are flat earthers that legitimately believe the earth is flat, Mm -hmm. but I heard one interview with one of the players and he said, he's like, my point in talking about this is that how many of us have actually like investigated and done, like learned about these topics. And I think that was his point. This is more like tongue in cheek, like he's not actually a flat earther but his point was um to get people to like learn about science and learn about um right things like astronomy Mm -hmm. and physics and um to investigate for themselves Mm -hmm. and to me that is like that makes total sense because nowadays a lot of people just sort of you hear like news stories or you take bits Mm -hmm. and pieces of what's going on and it's not the whole story. And so things tend to get, like, um, distorted and mm-hmm. they're not entirely accurate. And I think that's just the world that we live in now. We Like, we look for sound bites and we look for mm-hmm. pieces of information. We don't go beyond that. Right. Like, we don't really look at it in depth and we take things out of context. That happens so frequently now. And so mm-hmm. I think his point in this... Um, there's a few players, and I forget which one it was that that had this comment, but his point was like, oh, like, I don't really believe that. I, my point is, I just want people to think for themselves. Right. And that I can totally get behind. And so I think some of the flat earthers are actually, like, just trolling us. Like, they know that it's not, a, like, a real... Uh, theory or it's not a possibility but they're just trying to get the conversation going Mm -hmm. that being said there are some flat earthers that totally 100 percent buy into that the earth is flat Mm -hmm. and that's like their perspective and that's their belief but i think there are some that are just kind of uh just trolling people yeah but trolling in a good way in the sense that they want they want people to think for themselves which is always a good thing Mm -hmm. because we need more of that in our world today yeah so um yeah so not only are there flat earthers but there are hollow earthers and you know again with a lot of these stories like we didn't have enough time to really go into depth because this one surprisingly of the ones that we've covered today this one there's a lot of history behind this and like why people think this and but um i think a lot of it does come from that book um journey to the sunny center of the earth Mm -hmm. from the 1800s because that's an old book and it's still being done like in i mean there was a movie like not too long ago right um yeah it was um who was in that? I forgot who was in that. Yeah, there was a... In 2008, they, they redid it uh, as a 3D movie. With, this is, uh, if this is the one that I'm thinking of. With Brendan Fraser. Okay, yeah, then it is. Jo- Joss Hutchison. I feel like Brendan Fraser is always playing these characters that are either like digging at mummies or like going he's to the... like an explorer character right yeah like yeah a, like a pseudo indiana jones yeah seth myers was seth in myers movie. was in a movie that's yeah. crazy 
Uh, he plays a professor. In, oh, he in, would, in yeah. Film. So um, I think that's part of it, too, is just this story has, like, it's an interesting story, like a book, uh, several movies. There's, like, a theme park in Georgia. Really? Oh, I'm sorry. The movie premiered oh. at Stone Mountain Park in Georgia uh, with a motion simulator at Dollywood under the same name. So there's like variations of theme parks that have some sort of ride about this like journey to the center of the earth. Um, mixed reviews. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's just there's something about that there's something about that image that captures the imagination about, um, you know, there's something under the surface that isn't what it seems. Um, you know, dinosaurs uh, in this movie, you know, there's a dinosaur that escapes <laughs> the vent that's open to the this center. Um, so, um, it, yeah, it's an interesting theory. And... Um, but I think it does fit into kind of that category of like the flat earthers and the hollow earthers. And, um, you know, I, I think it stems from also just to kind of wrap things up. I mean, for a long time, people uh, didn't think the earth was round. I mean, um, you know, like astronomy in the, in, uh, the Renaissance, you know, mm -hmm. Galileo and, um, that the age of exploration and the age of knowledge, you know, they advanced science to a point where they could figure out that the earth was around and mm -hmm. that the earth was not the center of the universe, but that it revolved around the sun and the sun was just, you know, one part of the galaxy and one part of the universe. So like, Science has evolved, but there was a point where we didn't really understand that and we mm -hmm. didn't really get that. And so to me, this just speaks to, I think, uh, in some way, like a skepticism about our understanding of things now. Because if right. you think about it, right, like right. we have this set of knowledge and a, the set of understanding about how things work. And in my view, we're not fully there yet where we understand everything. Mm -hmm. So I think behind these theories, it's just people like having the awareness that we, we don't understand everything. But I think they take it to a logical extreme. Mm -hmm. Like they make conclusions that you can't make, you know. But part of them wants to believe that it's true. So in that sense, I like I respect that they are skeptical, but to a point. And I think they go past a point that we should go, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. Um, so, yeah, that was the um, the hollow earth. Yeah, just to wrap things up and sort of conclude our episode, we did we talked about a lot of things, but um, of the ones, I just kind of want to ask this question as mm -hmm. we close to you. Um, of the things that we talked about, the Coca-Cola conspiracy, mm -hmm. uh, 
the Stanley Kubrick conspiracy, Hollow Earth, and CERN. Of those, if any, which one do you think is like the most credible? Okay, I think that maybe the two that I think that are credible are probably the CERN and the Coca-Cola thing. The Coca-Cola thing, there's always, there's, I mean, because it is like an actual company, Coca-Cola is an actual item. I think that there is like a truth behind it, mm-hmm. behind that and what happened and what they were planning on doing. And I I believe that there is like a, like a actual answer to what happened back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And also I believe that for the CERN, for the black holes and stuff, I believe that they're doing that. And I believe that that like, they're creating these like tiny black holes. I don't believe that they're leading to anywhere. I think they're just appearing and disappearing. Because I think from what I read about that is that like they're very, very small, but very they, tiny. Like, they disappear but really quickly. They disappear yeah. really quickly, but they're there. Mm-hmm. And if they're so small, they can't really do anything to us. So yeah. they're just using it to like basically measure other dimensions yeah which is and yeah no i was just gonna say that like and until they make a giant one then maybe i'd be concerned (laughs) but like (laughs) i mean but as of right now if they're just still making like tiny invisible ones then no big deal no harm but um but yeah so those two you think there's actually some credence or Maybe not that they're entirely true, but that there's something there. Yeah. The Coke, the Coke conspiracy, yeah. and the uh, the CERN. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna agree with you on 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 both of those. Um, yeah, I think there is something to be said about the whole like Coke and Pepsi wars in mm-hmm. in the 80s and the high fructose corn syrup and and versus sugar, like all of that was going on at the same time. Some people think that it was there to like mask that switch, mm-hmm. which which is happening around that time. So that one, yeah, I do think. Uh, I don't know if it was. In, I don't think it was intentional, but I think it was. Um, uh, there was something to that, mm-hmm. like maybe a marketing ploy, or maybe um, a stunt, or maybe uh, as somebody said that they felt they had to go all in and shake things up, and it backfired and very quickly went back um so the coke one yeah i think there's something there cern also um it's interesting that they've admitted that they do little tiny black holes like infinitesimal Mm -hmm. microscopic not even microscopic smaller than that um that was interesting and that yeah i didn't know yeah and i agree i don't think it goes as far as like ripping holes or branch timelines or alternate realities i don't think that's happening but uh the fact that they are apparently using these to test if there are other dimensions that it it is interesting so yeah i mean i guess there's something to each of them but um we leave that up to you to decide for yourself and again like we were talking with the hollow earth and the flat earth people you know the message behind that is just like you know investigate things for yourself learn about them read articles um to me it doesn't 
like that's the point of all this is um you know decide for yourself but you do have mm-hmm. to do that work and you have to investigate and you have to research and i think that's kind of like the biggest takeaway from all of that yeah all of these stories is that um they're thought provoking like there's a lot of articles about all of these um so it was kind of fun to do the research for this episode um you know you learn some things yeah uh, maybe if we go to Geneva, Switzerland, one day we can. We can go take a tour. Take a tour. Apparently, they have exhibits. Like I didn't know that, and that's something you can look into as well. But um, yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. Just in summary, um, and I think um, that about that about covers it. Yeah. So um, we hope you enjoyed. Um, we do enjoy talking about these type of things it's, it had been a while since we've done like a scary conspiracy episode but this was fun yeah it was pretty fun yeah so um thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed and uh we hope you will tune in next time for our episodes all right all right thank you thank you